Oh, hey, the mic's on. Why? Because it's freaking Apple Day. And this is Unraveled Ideas, the podcast. The to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Because I'm always about depth versus width. Depth versus width. To communicate an idea in a way that resonates, change will happen, and you can change the world. Welcome to Okay, I'm only on episode two, and I'm changing my intended format. No big topic today, just Apple. I have theories on this. First theory, I'm either going supernova, like a bunch of big podcasts, then poof, I'm gone. Uh, Theory number two is that this might be the start of some new addiction, this whole podcast thing. I'm kind of liking doing it. It takes a little while scripting it all, writing it all, but man, I'm loving it. And, um... Theory number three is that I'm stuck in Apple's reality distortion field. So, overall, meh. But number one, I am impressed with the Apple Watch. Not, maybe not necessarily the Apple Watch um, in itself, from the sales numbers or anything like that, but but the number of apps. So, I'm an Android user phone-wise and a Pebble Time backer, uh, which that whole Kickstarter process is another episode. But wow, 10,000 apps. And from what I'm seeing, some of the stuff that people are doing with these apps, amazing functionality. It seems to be a step above the rest. So first of all, kudos to those developers, uh, which is really the big one that Apple has, crazy developers. Um, and like I said, I haven't I haven't spent that much time with an Apple Watch. I have with Android Wear, and I'm waiting on my Pebble. Um, but it does look like Apple Watch is at least a step, maybe three above the uh, competition. We'll wait and see on that Pebble Watch once I finally get it um but i haven't been impressed with uh android where bought a moto 360 and returned it three days later just it just wasn't where i wanted it to be for something that was going to be on my wrist for uh all day every day especially when it seemed to be dying halfway through the day um but anyway for a product that's been on the market for less than six months the apple watch again in large part to the sheer developer support uh, that success is pretty astounding so Again, that 10,000 apps, that was really impressive um, from looking at the presentation today, the keynote. Um, On the flip side of the Apple Watch is the iPad Pro. I'm I'm sure it's an impressive tablet, and I'll reserve final and complete judgment until I finally can get my hands on one and play with it, which looks like uh, November when they're going to be shipping. But so far, just from seeing the um, live blogs and everything, I'm not really that impressed I, I feel like this is where apple's kind of fallen behind you know there's companies like samsung and microsoft out there that have have had this technology and i say that meaning the the stylus the keyboard uh the super powerful tablet crossing into ultra portable computer land there's companies like samsung microsoft out there that have had it they've refined it already and they're starting to gain traction so what I mean is when you have a product like the Microsoft Surface line that's been increasing in sales over and over and over again, or when you have the line like the Samsung Note series that's refined the use of a stylus, I have to I, I have to go in there and ask, what is the benefit of this iPad Pro? I mean, it's Apple. That's great. Um, and, and that actually means a lot to me. I mean, I've been a Mac user for somewhere around 20 years. So I was the kid that didn't go out for recess. Instead, I was in, you know, helping teachers connect their computers together, those LC3s and whatnot. I could hook up a machine by the time I was in third grade. So I wrote a zine about Macs and how the PowerPC architecture was so awesome and 
Macintosh was going to essentially rule the world when I was in junior high. And so for me to say that Microsoft has done something really good, it, it means something. Um, I'm seriously considering replacing my MacBook Pro with a Surface Pro. And, and that right there is the point. I couldn't or wouldn't be able to do that with an iPad Pro. Um, and why? Because while mobile devices, in my opinion, you know, they may be gaining massive, even in the sales numbers, but they may be gaining massive traction from a consumer and a personal interaction thing. Most production still happens on that desktop operating system, your, your laptop, your desktop computer. So despite being great, there's still some really, sh well, I won't say shortcomings. There's still a lack of functionality on iOS, and that's mostly, I would guess, by design. But there's some missing apps and missing functionality when you can t compare it to a, a serious productivity operating system. You know, I use keyboard shortcuts. I use development applications. I use Adobe Creative Suite. I have more than two apps open in any given moment on multiple monitors. Um, the iPad Pro doesn't fix that. So for some people, the iPad Pro may be able to take care of their consumer stuff. Um, but for someone that's using a machine uh, with multiple monitors or as their daily productivity device, it I just don't see how it's going to jump in and fix that now. Maybe in a few years, maybe in a few revisions, but right now. Because the Service Pro is a full computer capable of doing all of that work, and it's a decent tablet. So when given the choice, you know, I will take that pretty darn good laptop in the Surface Pro that's an okay, decent tablet, instead of doing the opposite, which would be like get a really awesome tablet and then have a meh laptop. And I know there's like Gartner's done a couple studies out there that look at, you know, this year's the year that tablet sales are going to surpass PCs. I think it's like 320 million, they're estimating tablet sales, 316 million uh, PC sales. And, and that was from like a year ago. So I don't know what it's actually working out to. But there's also a study that says like, there's still going to be 100, 100 million ultra mobile PCs. Um, this is another Gardner study. Um, 100 million ultra mobile PCs, of which 80% will probably be Windows-based. So so it's a, a bit of a tangent there, but here's the main point. People who are likely to go out and buy a, a $300 to $500 computer, those are the people that, in my mind, are going to be able to say, yeah, I could legitimately replace my computer with an iPad or any tablet. Maybe it's the people in that, you know, five, six, seven $700 range even. People who are buying $1,500, $2,500 computers um, for production or even less than that, they're not going to replace it with an iPad Pro. I mean, I hope they succeed and I hope, I really do hope that tablets turn into pro productivity machines. Um, currently, I'm just questioning if the iPad Pro is the answer and maybe this is just a first step and evolution step, but so far, I'm not convinced it's where it needs to be. Okay, third thing, and this is where I'm going to go even more rant than I already have, so I apologize. Can the news, blogs, and tech media shut up about what Steve Jobs would have done already? I swear in every article I read about the iPad Pro, the Apple TV, and even going back to the iPhone 6 Plus, the pundits always bring up some quote about Steve Jobs said this wouldn't happen. Who cares? He died nearly four years ago, and I don't say that lightly. Just stop it. Times change, tech change, Steve Jobs changed his mind accordingly. No more Steve Jobs is rolling over in his grave jokes. They frankly suck and take the attention away from the products and services and the innovation of the company that he built. Here's a fact that maybe 
and, and maybe this gets back into the vein of what I wanted this whole podcast, not this one, not this episode, but overall the podcast. Here's a fact that maybe gets back into that vein of, of tech, design, marketing, leadership, how it affects society. Steve Jobs was a level five leader, at least if I read good to great correctly. In an interview with uh, British management journalist Stuart Craner, and I went back and found this because this has been sticking in my head all day. So in an interview with Stuart Craner in 2006, Jim Collins made the following statement about level five leaders. It came down to one essential definition. The central dimension for level five is a leader who is ambitious first and foremost for the cause, for the company, for the work, not for himself or herself, and has an absolutely terrifying iron will to make good on that ambition. It is the combination, the fact that it is not about them, it's not first and foremost for them, it is for the company and its long-term interests, of which they are just a part. But it is not a meekness, it is not a weakness, it is not a wallflower type, it is the other side of the coin. Now, I didn't know Steve Jobs, I don't claim to have known him, I don't claim to have done much more than read a biography about him, and follow him and read Mac Addict when I was a kid, but that sounds like him to me. See, the thing is, he built something bigger than himself. So anyway, bloggers shut up. Apple is Apple. Steve built this thing. The brand is still going. It's so big, I don't even understand how it got that big, but Apple's Apple. And at this point, I'd like to just go back to having a realistic and somewhat objective report on what the technology is, what it can be used for, how it you know, affects us, how we can design for it, develop for it, etc. But hey, the Apple Watch was good, right? 10,000 apps? Cool beans. This was episode two of Unraveled Ideas, the podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Unraveled Ideas or email me at pat at unraveledideas.com. Have a great day. Leave your feedback, please. Please.